0: This week on Priority One, we check out ComicBook.com's interview with Jonathan Frakes, STLV's 2020 future, How the Saint Might Save Kirk, and Quarantine Pastimes. In Star Trek Gaming, Hero Collector opens Star Trek Online ships for pre-order, and La Serena flies. Then we open Hailing Frequencies for your incoming messages.
1: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. And now your hosts. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 458 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, April 28th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, May 1st at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat.
3: And I'm Tony. Before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in the weekly conversations, whether on social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod or by email to incoming at property1podcast.com.
1: Captains, as you know, this podcast is a volunteer endeavor. None of us get paid to write the show, edit the show, produce the show, or be a part of the show. Everybody are fans of the Star Trek multiverse, and we like the idea of us carving our own little corner in the Star Trek mythos as a podcast. Unfortunately, doing that isn't free, and we have operating costs like purchasing the software needed to edit the show host the show and distribute of course so we ask you to consider visiting us over at patreon.com where we offer special perks for your patronage starting at just one dollar and for an extra show unscripted unedited and usually quite colorful we have after hours so check that out at our ten dollar a month level and of course we thank you and our patrons for your ongoing support of priority one
0: now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Join I don't know. Then let's check it out. These are trying times. It's easy to feel lost and confused. Empty. But stay strong. This won't last forever. Star Trek will return. To help ease our no-new Star Trek blues, ComicBook.com's Jamie Lovett delivered a video interview with the iconic Jonathan Frakes. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Star Trek Discovery or Picard, go watch them. We'll wait. Okay, good. Brakes and Lovett discuss the state of Star Trek and the tonal shift Discovery will be experiencing in Season 3.
2: At the end of Season 2, we've flash-forwarded, I think, 930 years. And uh, Michael Burnham has found a new core, not to mention a new partner in crime. There's again, a big tonal shift on that show, less driven by the pain and guilt of her past and more about the uh, magical reunification of the Discovery crew and wherever she went off to. So those two things coming back together is very much the theme of, uh, and how grateful everyone is and what's next. It's got a lot of action adventure and not so much pain.
0: Brakes also talked about getting back in the center seat in Picard's season 1 finale, Et in Arcadia Ego, part 2.
2: That's a really different experience because I was alone. I was self-directing. I was in a captain's chair. I had a space suit on. I had my beard trimmed, my, you know, my Riker hair put back on, my bald spots covered up, and it it felt very familiar, and it was like a flashback. Again, it was because of um, how well Nepenthe went, I was less nervous. And uh, I gotta say, thrilled to have been asked back, to be perfectly frank.
0: For a link to the video interview, which covers Freak's thoughts on the Marvel Universe, Michael Chabon and La Serena, check out our show notes.
1: I mean, one of the best moments of season one of Picard was seeing Riker take the captain's chair. And although it was definitely a redress of the Discovery Bridge, it was still pretty cool. And although they copy-pasted the fleet over and over in VFX, it was still cool. I am interested to see how they treat Season 3 of Discovery. Are we going to finally see Discovery and the show itself find its footing and find its place in the stories it wants to tell and how it wants to tell them?
3: Traditionally, it's time. It's Season 3. This is where Star Treks usually find their their path. It's good. I mean, they, they, they jump out way ahead in the future. They've got very few restrictions on what they can do canon is, eh, because it's a thousand years in the past. They're out ahead. Anything, you know, the adventures of Kirk and Spock and Picard and all those guys, that's like stories of Christopher Columbus are to us. Things lost to history and legends and stuff like that. So, I mean, I I think they'll probably do a little better not working within those constraints uh, anymore.
0: Agreed. I mean... The future is the final frontier, right?
3: On April 17th, San Diego Comic Con announced that its 2020 convention, which was set to kick off on July 23rd and run till July 26th, was cancelled. The news shook geekdom, but it was not terribly surprising and most considered the move responsible. But what of the official Star Trek Las Vegas convention, set to run just two weeks after the now cancelled SDCC? Surely that would be cancelled too, right? Wrong! For now, anyway. In an update posted to their webpage and social media outlets. Let's creation released in part. Quote, We hope you have been staying safe and healthy during this challenging time. While Creation has been social distancing as a team, we're still working hard to make the upcoming official Star Trek convention a grand celebration of Gene Roddenberry's legacy for a hopeful future. The event is set for August 5th through 9th, 2020, at the Rio All Suites resort and casino in fabulous Las Vegas. As something to look forward to this summer, we can't wait to spend another truly intergalactic time in Vegas. Your devoted Trekker friends at Creation Entertainment. End quote. The announcement was made. Met with a wide variety of reactions, with most questioning the motives of the move.
0: Questioning motives, I'm like, how much did they pay and guarantee money to some people to not cancel? Because that is crazy. Uh, they must have a terrible contract.
1: You know what I? Th- when I think of creation, I think of the people that work at the DMV. It's never been pleasant. And, you know, it's not just vendors or people like podcasters who have had bad experiences. You know, there are some actors that won't even show up to a creation uh, entertainment event. So, I'm not surprised that this tone-deaf email went out to everybody saying, hey, we're still going strong and we're still going to plan ahead without any form of reassurance to people who purchase tickets that if quarantine procedures are still in effect and social distancing regulations are still in effect. And on top of that, it was for Like their more expensive packages of the convention, right? That get you dinners and photo ops and things like that. It wasn't even like they were talking about their general admission. I'm not surprised at how insensitive creation handled this memo to everybody. Far be it from me
3: to be the, you know, the the Pollyanna of the group. Yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm much more used to being the cynical one. But I think that probably they are sort of forced to do it this way uh, because the last I heard, Vegas was trying to be open for business. They're going to try to, some of the casinos are going to try to start opening up and and, and and the mayor of Las Vegas was almost offering up her citizens as guinea pigs for how social distancing is going to work. That is, isn't that fun? The bottom line is, is that, the city and state authorities aren't telling convention centers that you can't have events and so as Kat was saying they probably have a contract with the venue and maybe some vendors that require them to have that event unless disaster strikes. Now the pandemic is a Disaster, but unless the state and local authorities say you have to close that and they have to honor their contracts. They have to show up there and try to put the show on.
1: I saw, I could have sworn I saw something about, it might have been on on the, the Facebook groups, like the Las Vegas local group there for Star Trek fans, or maybe it was the unofficial convention Facebook group, but something about them waiting for it to be declared an act of God.
3: Yes. This is where you get to have fun talk with lawyers now. The the Force go, Majeure go. Clause. <laughs> this is...
0: I'm just like, oh man. Yeah, she's
3: like, yeah, give me another drink is what the cat's saying. Cat's saying. So, so, yeah. I'm like,
0: let me read this deal. Yeah, yeah. You think it includes... I mean, Force Majeure can take all kinds of... You can be very specific, or you could just lump it all into Acts of God, or those Acts that were, you know, unforeseeable right. in some way. <laughs> right.
3: And that's and that's the key right there, is that unforeseeable versus unforeseen, right? The, the Force Majeure Clause Clause is, translates to great force or act of God. Something that two groups just doing their thing couldn't possibly have anticipated this weird turn of events. The argument being, well, we've had earlier pandemics. You know, Pandemics are bad for tourism and for conventions. You should have allocated the risk to one party or another that if there's a pandemic, somebody's eating the cancellation costs. I mean, that should have been allocated uh, to somebody. And so unless your force majeure clause specifically says pandemics, one party's going to say, come on, you know, you, you know, everyone knows pandemics happen. You should have written pandemics in the force majeure clause if you thought that counted. The other party's going to be like, come on, this, they shut down everything and, and all this stuff. So there, but the, the trigger has to be that somebody has to say, this is so bad, you can't have a convention. And unless there's a declaration of the state and local government, probably doesn't count. So buy your tickets, everyone.
1: Come on now. Buy your airfare. Come on, everyone. I mean, I, I, so I did, I did purchase my airfare to go to Vegas. I have not purchased a ticket yet.
3: But what else did you buy along with your airplane ticket? What else did you buy? oh uh, yeah,
1: I bought a third-party insurance there coverage for an additional seventy-something dollars, which still doesn't guarantee that I'll get. I mean, I definitely won't get everything back from the airline, but I would get something back. Even the third-party insurance was like, oh, due to COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen, blah 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 blah. You're not gonna get everything back. So I think it's more than just for for convention attendees, for those of us that are not lawyers and just fans of Star Trek, those of us flying from out of the country or from across the country or from around the world, the fact that they have not closed with so much ambiguity, you know, puts a lot of strain on people, especially people who are traveling. You know, I get it. For Vegas, people will could attend locally or go, for, you know, make the three-hour drive from LA or whatever, but I would assume the same thing was discussed for San Diego Comic-Con. It's not just about the the local impact that it's going to have or not have on the on uh the economy but you've got people traveling who have to make travel plans people that come from australia from ireland from you know asia i you know it's just it boggles my mind that they're not taking some form of responsibility in either closing and canceling california the
3: the, the california authorities have been better about this and that's why yeah i'm
0: like i think the difference is it's california versus vegas Where Vegas is like, the party must go on, no matter what. That's
3: all they got going for them, parties. And so that's why they want to reopen these things. That's why whatever they're going to do... And remember, it's, you know, the creation people are the out-of-towners, right? I mean, they're the ones that hired the local hotel, the Rio, to put this on. And so the state and county and city governments are going to support their local industries, which are casinos and conventions. So they're not going to make it easier for, you know, these big-shot out-of-town people that fly in once a year or whatever to have a convention. They're not going to make it easier for them to get out of those contracts. So it, it is unfortunate that creation hasn't found a good way to communicate that to their customers but uh, that's something i think we can we need to understand and read between the lines they're not doing it because they think it's a great idea for everybody to go to L- las vegas in august they're doing because they have to
0: well that brings us to our first community question Will you be purchasing tickets for Star Trek Las Vegas 2020? Let us know in the comments section on our website, or by replying to our community question post on our social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.
1: It's been a while since we've discussed a possible Star Trek movie, and this story might be a reach, but it is worth mentioning. On April 21st, Variety broke the story that Chris Pine, JJ's Captain Kirk on the Kelvin timeline, was in negotiations to star in Paramount's reboot of The Saint. The Saint is a 1920s book series written by Leslie Chaturis, featuring a Robin Hood-esque hero named Simon Templar. But the books and their screen adaptations, starring Roger Moore and Val Kilmer, aren't the real story here. This is, quote, Paramount and Pine have had strong ties for many years. Their relationship goes back to 2009, when the studio hired him to play Captain Kirk in the latest Star Trek franchise, launching his career as a leading man in the process. While the fourth Star Trek film is still being developed, the studio saw the Saint as the perfect role for Pine as they wait for that script to be finished. End quote. Does this confirm that Noah Hawley's trek will star the Kelvin cast, or is the reporter speculating. Only time will tell.
3: So I liked The Saint, the 1997 movie with Val Kilmer in it. I mean, I liked that, and it had a lot of potential at the time, because it was kind of coming around when Mission Impossible was starting to be a thing. So you got a Mission Impossible franchise going. You got uh, Saint franchise, maybe. They want to reboot under Paramount. So you got your spy thrillers. You got Star Trek there. So you got Cruise with Mission Impossible. You got Pine, maybe, with The Saint, and then maybe going back to Star Trek. The problem here is that one of the reasons that Star Star Trek Four got canned. Was that Paramount ran out of money because Pine and the other Chris, Chris Hemsworth, that was going to star in there, were big stars in tentpole franchises. So you know Pine's doing this Wonder Woman thing. Now, you're going to, now Paramount's going to put him in maybe another movie that has sequel potential. It's a big mess if you want to make a Star Trek movie with Pine. I think if they if they want to go big, you know, like you know, try to make Star Trek another summer popcorn movie, I think they should maybe not do put put Pine in a in a, in a, a franchise where there's a, a potential that they're going to make make multiple, multiple movies from it, and then make them a big star with a big paycheck again.
1: Yeah. Paramount's tried to revive franchises. I mean, they went through their whole uh, horror creature thing, starting with the remake of The Mummy with Tom Cruise. They really didn't do well in redoing these franchises. I mean, Paramount kind of has hit or miss with their franchises, you know, like some of them do really well, and then some of them just bomb or die out, and, and they don't know how to, they don't know how to keep the momentum of a good film you know
3: The thing about the saint though, it's it could be very topical because the, the whole premise of the saint is that the, the the main character takes names of saints and changes his identity and goes around being a spy and doing these Robin Hood type things. In these different guises, punching that up for the modern times, where you have uh, facial recognition and uh, ubiquitous data networks and drones in the air, that could be a really interesting take, or or, you know, interesting movie to have. And how does that? How does a character like the Saint adapt to you know that modern surveillance state type things? It could be really, really good. That's why I think that they they want to do this. But putting. As a studio, putting Pine in that situation, you're basically foreclosing the possibility of him being on the next Star Trek, unless they want to go really, really big with the next Star Trek, which they don't, because uh, Beyond didn't make as much money as they thought it would.
1: Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to Trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming.
2: Computer, status report.
1: Status.
3: Incoming message.
0: I'm only in the mood for good news today. If you've been staying up to date on Star Trek merchandise and STO news this year, you'll know that Hero Collector has announced seven Star Trek Online models joining their Eagle Moss collection. This week, Hero Collector and Cryptic Studios officially announced pre-ordering for the first two ships in the collection. The Gagarin Miracle Worker Battle Cruiser and the Chimera Heavy Destroyer can be pre-ordered now for twenty-nine ninety-five from EagleMoss.com. The other five ships still to come are the Enterprise-F, the Andromeda Exploration Cruiser, the Bordescue War Cruiser, the Vastum Tactical Command Warbird, and the Pathfinder Long Range Science Vessel.
3: And not the Avenger battle cruiser. I am disappointed. Me too. Uh, that's that's a. Me too. I think I'd also like to see the uh, like the Presidio, the command cruiser ones. One of those, you know, the three models. Because yeah. those the Enterprise F and the. Presidio ones were the were two of the entries, and the Chimera were entries in the design the next Enterprise class. So the Odyssey one and those other two were kind of runners up. So I really liked them um, to add that uh, Presidio one as well, so we can get the big popular ones from the design the Enterprise class that ma- eventually made it into the game.
0: Yeah, but that Bastum tactical command warbird is awesome looking. I love that ship.
1: Well, also, don't forget, Tony, our friends over at GamePrint can actually print you a customizable starship like an Avenger class in beautiful 3D printed scale. I mean, they're just gorgeous ships.
3: And they come in a variety of sizes, too, don't they, Elijah?
1: That they do. Bigger than than the diecast models. And you can even put a 4-inch one, or I could get like a 10-inch one. Or a 10-inch one, and you can name it. And I could have it hand-painted. Or hand-painted, and you can put your wow. name on it and your registry. So you should check it out, Gameprint.net.
3: Well, thanks, Elijah. I appreciate
1: that tip. Speaking of ships... If you've been eagerly waiting for some of the ships seen in Star Trek Picard to make an appearance in Star Trek Online, well, the latest news from Cryptic should excite you. On Tuesday, April 28th, Ambassador Kel posted a blog announcing the release of a Tier 6 La Serena Heavy Raider. The ship reproduces in great detail Captain Cristobal Rios' La Serena, as seen in Star Trek Picard. However, Cryptic lead artist Thomas Maroney pointed out in a tweet that, quote, the Star Trek Online version is not the exact type of ship as the original La Serena, it's significantly bigger, about 30 to 40 meters longer, so that it can be considered a capital ship in Star Trek Online. You'll notice we scaled the window down to illustrate this, end quote. Now, there are a number of interesting points to the stats and capabilities of this new ship. For starters, the ship has only four bridge officer seats, but two of these are commander seats. Now, being it's a heavy raider, the ship has five forward weapon slots and only one aft weapon, but also comes with an experimental weapon slot and improved raider flanking. You can also use pilot maneuvers on this ship. Now, it's interesting to note that while the bridge officer layout of the ship appears limited, It seems the ship's new universal console and starship trait are designed to greatly improve bridge officer ability cooldowns. To see the full stats, check out the blog in our show notes, of course. Now, how do you get your hands on the new ship? Well, it's going to join the ever-growing Tier 6 promotional ship choice pack, and as such is only available through promotional research and development duty officer packs. You can also purchase the ship on the in-game exchange, though these ships usually go on the exchange for... Close to a billion EC, especially when they first launch.
3: So it's La Serena. Not the La Serena.
1: It is not the La Serena. Okay.
3: Just check. I just wanted to make sure.
1: It is simply La Serena.
3: It's a big one, so it's La Grande Serena.
1: La Grande Serena.
3: Or La Serena Grande.
1: La S- La Serena Grande. Okay, okay. Alright.
3: Yeah. So I want to make sure I get my grammar right on or that.
1: Or it would be it would be La Serena Grande or La Grande Serena. La Grande... No, La Grande Se- Serena. La Grande Serena. La Grande Sere-
3: Serena. La Grande Serena? <laughs> si, si okay. Just want to make sure we get this right, because I, I wouldn't want to do it wrong, because that would be a bad
1: thing. But, yes, it is properly pronounced. There's no the la. It just... It cannot happen. I don't... It's not a... Just because it's a class of ship doesn't give it the category of the class. It's still Spanish. It's not a made-up language. You're saying the the Serena class ship. You just say... I'm going to purchase myself this new class of ship, La Serena, or La Serena class ship, or a La Serena class ship, if you want to cheat that. Could way it be a,
3: a Serena?
1: It's not
3: the I know, can't be a Serena. Be like, I'm going to get a Serena.
0: <laughs> I want that toddler no? high. <laughs>
3: I, although, I, I, I'm i interested to see how this all works out, though, because this is a... They're doing fewer bridge officers, but more higher-level ones, which means more powers and more higher-level powers, and with the lower cooldowns, I wonder if they're, like, tweaking this so that you can fire off exactly the same number of abilities in the same time period as ships with the standard five officer layouts. Because you're giving up, like, what, an ensign slot or maybe a lieutenant slot on this? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Yeah, you're giving a, Yeah, I've never been a fan of these heavy raider-type ships, and even that mastery starship trait maintained to regulation. Um, the blog post says, quote, while it is slotted, activating any captain ability will remove one debuff effect from you and reduce the remaining recharge time of all bridge officer abilities by a small hmm. amount. But what's that amount, right? So we're not going to know that until we actually get our hands on the ship, probably. Yes, anything that reduces the cooldown time for a bridge officer is great but if it's negligible then I don't know that I would spend money trying to I, get my hands on the I trip.
3: suspect somebody did some fancy spreadsheet math so that when you get that mastery slot your bridge officer activations per minute wind up smoothing with some of the larger tier 6 ships. I imagine that ma- that math is done so that it's, you know, that magic happens.
0: Does it say what the experimental weapon is?
1: Yes, coordinated hull piercer. Ooh.
0: What kind of damage does that? Magically
3: make seven of nine up here? I think magically make seven of nine up here should be the experimental (laughs) weapon.
1: Well, Captains, that brings us to our next community question this week. What are your thoughts on the new La Serena class starship in Star Trek Online? Is this a ship you hope to get your hands on? If so, tell us why.
3: Next weekend, May 7th through May 11th, PC players will have a Research and Development Weekend. During the event, you'll earn 50% more XP from R&D schools, as well as bonuses to R&D materials packs obtained through the C-Store and in-game. Material Harvest Nodes in Ground and Space Missions will also reward bonus R&D materials, Dilithium Ore, and possibly an Upgrade Catalyst.
0: You can upgrade all that stuff for your new characters that maybe people have been making during this XP three-week extravaganza. No, nobody made new characters. No, no. What? Well, I didn't either, but <laughs> but I know people who did.
3: And They would benefit from this. Yes, so they should do that. I'm just waiting for the next. I'm waiting for the next uh, upgrade weekend because I got some omegas saved up.
0: Yeah, true. That'll be exciting. All right. Well, this week in Armada News, join us this Thursday, like every Thursday, for TFO Thursday, where we team up with other Armada members to earn marks and dilithium. We hope you've enjoyed our Mirror Month celebrations in the Armada. We have given away a Tier 5 Mirror Universe ship every day this month, so I hope any Armada members out there were able to win one of those. Also, in Epsilon Fleet, we have one of our last Tier 5 colony upgrades almost ready to go on cooldown. It just needs some ore provisions, so if you are running around the colony uh, on the Fed side, please donate to Epsilon Fleet because we'd love to get that upgrade finally on cooldown that's it this week for armada news
1: in an effort to lend a hand to new players or even surprise the most veteran captains in star trek online here's our top tip as we rapidly approach the end of star trek online's winter in spring special event are you struggling to get your hands on enough winter collectibles to claim the 200 lobby event prize if so or you're new to star trek online's winter event we have this handy dandy reminder for you. One of the fastest ways to earn the holiday items is through the duty officer assignment system. Just transwarp each of your game characters into the winter wonderland and open up the duty officer assignment system. From the current map tab, start all of the assignments available. The assignments vary in duration and amount of collectibles rewarded, but with just a few extra characters on your account chipping away and chipping in, you'll be able to collect holiday items much faster than through event grinding alone. So, happy holidays in April, and grab that 200 Lobie while you can.
3: And another gaming news, chances are you've heard of Digital Storefront Humble Bundle, where Humble Bundle typically deals in software bundles, and there's a similar storefront called Bundle of Holding that deals in tabletop RPG products. And right now is a great time to trek them out because they're offering 14 Star Trek Adventures products from Odypheus Entertainment. By contributing the minimum of $19.95, you'll receive PDF downloads of seven game source materials, including the core rulebook. If you contribute beyond the $40.58 dollar threshold price, you'll be able to download a lovely family of space salamanders and their offspring. Wait, wrong threshold. Uh, What you'll actually get is the Game Master Collection, including the Beta Quadrant sourcebook, several game scenarios, and the Game Master screen. The whole bundle at retail is priced at $155, so it's a steal. All products are offered completely free of DRM for ease of movement across your various devices. 10% of every contribution to the bundle, after fees, will be donated to Vision Rescue, a charity chosen by Modifius Entertainment. To see the details, just follow the link in our show notes.
1: Now, Tony, didn't you take advantage of this bundle? We did.
3: We, as in Priority That's One, true. did. And so we, we we chipped in there a little bit, and we're workshopping,
1: workshopping it
3: seeing what we can do because we did do a star trek adventures uh, one shot many moons ago during that uh, during our, our anniversary weekend so mm-hmm. we will we uh, we we'll, 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 I, mean, I mean we're doing something similar regard frequency yeah, maybe something will come out of it we'll see
0: maybe we'll do a tabletop uh, game. maybe i'll be down for that okay maybe <gasps> can we play the uh take beach game
3: no, we cannot. Why not? Copyright. We'll get a copyright strike.
0: Oh, man.
3: We're going to experience beige via the, via the Digital Millennium Copyright Act.
0: I love that game. <laughs> Except for the <laughs> taking beige that way.
3: Right. You don't want to take beige from the DMCA. No, don't <laughs>
0: that. That's all we've got this week for Star Trek Online and gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir.
2: Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other.
1: Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages.
0: This week, our community question was, Would you want Rosario Dawson to play Q? What other roles would Dawson be great in?
3: From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell says, I suppose she could play a Q, but maybe not the Q, because that's just too iconic of a performance to cast aside or try to emulate. And playing a new Q would just end up with questions from rabid trickies like... Why couldn't we get our cube back instead of having this new one satisfying nobody? I'm sure that she'd be great for just about any other role that the Trek writers could come up for her, though.
1: On Twitter, Ken from Chicago writes in, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. What you got? Hashtag all the roles. More importantly, who's going to say no to Rosario Dawson?
0: Good point. From Facebook, Jamal Taylor writes, I suppose she could play a cube, but I'd rather see her be a Klingon. Kern's daughter, perhaps? She could hook up with Picard's Rescue Rangers as they go find Worf, and she gets to ask him some super awkward questions about her late father because Uncomfortable Worf is the best Worf. I just, I, I like
3: Picard this. Rescue Rangers, I need that show. I need this. I, yes.
0: I would so watch that and watch it right Fenris now.
3: Fenris Rangers, Picard's Rescue Rangers, yes, absolutely.
1: Seven of nine, Rescue Rangers. Fenris <laughs> Rangers. Seven of nine, she's in danger.
3: I dig it. From Twitter, Brandon Parker says, Q, I don't know about that role, but she would make a great first officer on a starship, or if her role in the video game Syndicate is any indication, a good admiral in Starfleet. Uh, See, the consensus is no one wants her to be Q.
1: I don't understand that. No, I I wouldn't want a Q to make an appearance in any of the new Trek. I think it's just so, I, I don't know.
0: It's to Doctor Who, because it's a cue.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, that wraps up episode 458 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all, and, of course, share them with your friends.
0: But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald.
1: And here's a reminder of our community questions this week. Will you be purchasing tickets for Star Trek Las Vegas 2020? And are you looking forward to La Serena being released in Star Trek Online? Will you be purchasing the ship?
3: Captains, it's important that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod.
0: And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, me, and the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com.
1: This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you cannot make a financial contribution, There's another way that you can support this show, and that's by spreading the word about it. Invite your fellow Trekkies to get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here your support that keeps us going.
3: And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to Heroes Rise Podcast to discover their secrets.
1: Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, rand daniel roscoe and skiffy thanks to our producer jake morgan and associate producer shane hoover for helping us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the star trek multiverse thanks to our graphic artist henry pumper with support from jason smith of the priority one armada thanks to the composer of our theme music chris watts most importantly a big thanks to you the star trek community our listeners because without your ongoing support None of this would be possible.
0: Enemy ship on sensors.
3: Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. She played Lock You. Huh? Huh? <laughs> because that's just too iconic. Yeah, <laughs> she needs to be Lock You. Q? I don't know about that role, but she'd make a great first officer on a starship. Uh, or if her. I'll try again.
1: Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brand, Rand.
3: Brand, Rand. Did I- Brand, Rand, I- Rand, Rand, and Dan.
1: Brand, Rand, and Dan. <laughs> that was weird. I don't know why that never. Did I slip? What did you I just, say? You, just,
3: you, just, you, just, you forgot the done. You just did brand. Oh,
1: I said brand. <laughs>
3: brand, Rand, and Dan. <laughs> we're going to fire Gray, William, Roscoe, and Skiffy. <laughs> and we're just going to have brand, Rand, and Dan. Brand, Rand, Dan. Going to have the show. Calm down, brand, Rand, and Dan.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: This is my brother, Daryl. And, other... and my other brother, brother Daryl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was funny. I didn't even like it. It didn't even... Okay. Thanks to our audio editors, including... (laughs) Here we go. But most importantly, a big thanks to Bran, Ran, and Dan.
0: (laughs) They'll fix your cars. Change your oil. They'll fix (laughs) your (laughs) cars.
1: Got a busted carburetor? Call Bran, Ran, and Dan